You're listening to the Superman Super Show, episode number 16, Superman Gets a Job. Hello and welcome to an all new episode of the Superman Super Show. I'm a host. My name is Steven. And a thousand miles over there to my right is another host, Mr. Ed Moore. Howdy. Howdy, Ed. How you doing? Pretty good, sir. Hey, are you a bowler? Um, I haven't been bowling in, in many a 365-day uh, period. Yeah, me so. neither. I used to used to do it a lot back in high school. Um, high schoolish, early college, uh, as, you know, something to do as a young person with a lot of energy. Um, Were you any good at it? Uh, no, not particularly. Yeah, ne- never did it enough or long enough, really, to get good at it. I could keep score. I know yeah. how to keep score. I've got I've got that down, but yeah. that's all automated now anyway. So That's true. Yeah. I downloaded a a, a bowling game onto my iPhone and uh, I've been playing around with it and one of the options, you know, they go through this little tutorial and it's like, here's how you can move the ball. So if you want to uh, shoot from this side of the lane or go right down the center, okay. shoot from this lane. And then here, if you know, you can move the ball over to this side of the lane, but then you can also aim the ball so you can change the direction. And then here's how you control the spin. And that's where I was just when it got to the spin, I'm like, I have no idea what spin does. So I'm just going to leave that alone. I tried it once and it was it was a disaster. Can I explain it to you? Yes. Explain spin. Okay. You have you watched bowling on TV? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Okay, that's what allows the ball to move in the lane. Because if if you watch, usually what'll happen is either they will start it out straight and it'll curl one yeah. way, or it'll s. They'll go down and it'll come go Crazy. across and come back. That's the spin on the ball in conjunction with the oil on the wood. Because that, you know, you, you can't, if it wasn't oiled, that spin would really mess up the ball. The ball would grab more and it would just, yeah. whichever way it's going. But the oil allows the ball to maintain most of the straight. And then the spin or the English is just like what you do with a uh, with a cue uh, in pool. And that's what allows them to hit the pocket because, you know, the pocket is in between one and either one and two or one and three, depending on which side they're coming at. Yeah. And that second pin is back a little bit. So the pocket isn't even flush. It's kind of at an angle. And that's what allows them to get into that pocket to try to get the, the strike, the, the optimal physics to knock them all down. Um, and and if, if you watch, you'll, you'll see them, you know, those of us that don't know, the, the motion is just a very pendulum-y, you know, yeah. back and forth kind of thing. But if you watch those guys on when they release, you'll see their arm come up. Where's the camera? Kind of, and and their hand will do one of these things. Yeah, and that's them putting the spin on the ball as they release it, almost like you know when a pitcher throws, he'll he'll throw it and spin it, and yep. yeah, same physics, just a different size ball. And see, that's that's why I think I could never be a good bowler or or play golf or even do disc golf because. I just I don't have that level of intelligence to know like for a little well, I'll just use golf as an example standing there at the tee and looking out over the green and you know okay so this is this is the kind of shot we got this is the kind of the club I'm going to need for the right. ah, you know and it's like just give me something and I'll whack this it, ball and we'll see what happens that's as a starter if yeah. you have been doing it for 10 or 15 or 20 years that's true you you wouldn't even think of those things it would just be automatic yeah. you know 
this distance, this club, my feet are above the ball, below the ball. I want the ball to curve right or left. So I need, you know, all those physics things. You would just, if you weren't shown that, then you would just have learned it because you've done it so many times and yeah. it's just, now it's automatic. You just, you know. So you folks at home, if you're not aware, Ed is a disc golfer. Um, with the disc golf, because I will notice, I've, I've mentioned it before, we have a disc golf course just down the road, uh, right off the main road. And I see, I see dudes down there a lot. And I noticed that they will, you know, they show up with their big bag and they've got just a crap ton of discs with them. Are there, are there, are they different sizes and different, you know, do you, do you, do you look at a, I don't know what they call it for disc golf, but a hole and go, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm going to need to use this disc on this. Honestly. Yes. Yeah. Um, Now, not like you, you don't have a disc for like every possible shot because you can't carry well, you could carry that many discs if you wanted to, but it's just – it's unwieldy. Yeah. Um, typically, these guys you will see, they probably carry – and I, I know that this sounds like a lot, but they'll carry 20 to 25 discs. Uh, several of them, like the putters, are for just very specific uses. So, you have like two or three or four putters. Um, after that, you've got different weights uh, and different d- disc designs that do – different things according to how hard you throw them, the speed that the disc is. So, you know, if you want it to curl right or left, if you're throwing uphill or downhill, is the wind Hmm. blowing at you or away? You know, all of those things. And again, it's just, it's physics. You know, the, the physics of the disc are always the same. The question is, how do I use those physics to get this disc in these conditions to do what I want it to do? Yeah. And so that's where you change because some discs are thicker, some are thinner. Um, they're, they usually are all approximately the same width. That's kind of controlled. Um, okay. The weights will be different. Um, typically anywhere from 165 grams to the high 170 grams, which, you know, 10 or 15 grams doesn't sound like a whole lot, but it honestly, surprisingly, turns out to be quite a bit of difference. And so it's just, you know, just like in golf, you were talking about, you've got all these different clubs. Most of the clubs are for distance. Um, yeah. I, I, the secondary thing in the club is the amount of loft that's on it. So, you know, okay. how straight is. And and so the uh, discs in disc golf are kind of the same thing, just instead of hitting it with a stick, you're, you're having to use your arm to do it. But so your, yeah. your arm, of course, you can't change. It's what it is, <laughs> no matter what the throw is. So you have to change it in your equipment. And so, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it, it, they, they honestly do subtly sometimes, but they yeah. do different things. Interesting. Have you ever uh, played uh, disc golf with a uh, tortilla? A tortilla. I have flung a tortilla, but not for anything other than the amusement factor. I have heard some, so. YouTube sensations, Rhett and Link from Good Mythical Morning. They have a video out there uh, from maybe a year or so ago in which they, they play some disc golf with tortillas. With tortillas. Yeah. Were they flour or corn? Um, I, I don't remember. They may have had a little of both. Were they the little ones or the bigger ones? I, I believe they also had different sizes. Both. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Just yeah. like you would discs. They're yeah. made of different things and they're different. Sets. Okay. I, I, it was, a, it was I, a pretty funny video. Then. I feel it's, that. It's, okay. it's not, if, if y'all are looking for it, maybe I'll try to find it and put the link in the show notes. It's not part of Good Mythical Morning. I think they tried, they had a, another channel out there that they were trying to put some stuff on. 
But uh, yeah, it's a pretty funny, funny video. Anyway, uh, scratch my ear. All right, let's let's talk about what we're what we're here to talk about. Let's go. So we're uh, we're looking at Superman issue number one today, but not the entire issue. Um, the Superman comic, at least the the way it began, uh, started out as an anthology, just like Action Comics. But whereas Action Comics had different stories that featured different characters, uh, Superman had different stories, but they all featured Superman. And so at least with the first issue, because that's as far as I've gone, uh, most of the stories in this first issue are all or reprints of stories that we've already talked about that that have been in action comics previously. Um, but there's a little bit of new stuff. So so I figure we we talk about some of that stuff before we do that, though. Let's look at the credits here. Uh, written by Jerry Siegel, pencils by Joe Joe Schuster. That's that's the credits we're given out there on DCFandom.com anyway. Uh, Superman number one was published by DC Comics, of course. It's got a cover date of June 1939, but according to Mike's Amazing World of Comics, it has an approximate sale date of May 18th, 1939. The issue opens. Now, what's really interesting, I, I found kind of interesting about this is you and I are both reading these through the series of trades called Superman in the Golden Age. Yes. And we're currently in, in the first volume. Right. And while it reprints these issues of Action Comics and Superman and whatnot, it only prints the, the Superman stuff. Yes. Well, this, uh, of course, issue of Superman, because the, the, the reprints from Action Comics already show up in this collection, we only get the new stuff at this point in the collection. But if you, if you go, for example, over to um, like the, the DC uh, Infinite Universe app, whatever it's called, and you go to Superman issue number one, you're going to get everything. It's like 64 pages worth of stuff. But most of it is re is reprints, the other you know stories we've already talked about. But the first thing you get is uh, uh, the origin of Superman, which we did get in Action Comics number one. But this is a, a bit different. It looks like it's been totally redrawn, first of all. Can, um, can I throw something else out about the book before you yes, get into the ahead. extra story? Yeah. Um, apparently... This book had three printings. Okay. 500,000 for the first, 250,000 for the second, and 150,000 for the third. So that's five, six, seven, eight, nine. 900,000 copies were printed. Um, very, very difficult from what I have read to discern the printings. Mm, okay. So it's, it's not like it is today. It, it, they they yeah. weren't about making it obvious. They were just right. trying to fill demand. Yeah. So yep. just keep so that in could, mind. You could have a Superman number one, but you don't know if it's first, second or third printing. And, and I'm I'm assuming that uh, will as far as what the value is of that book, whether it's a first, second or third printing, you the first think. printing would yeah. be more value. But yeah. Um, but also, I, I do know that uh, here a little bit later on uh, back, I think probably during uh, World War Two, when. Captain Marvel, uh, the the faucet uh, Shazam, Captain Marvel, got to be big. They were throwing out over a million printings an issue there. Wow! Yeah, that, that was you know. So here already, Superman one was close to what five or six years from now, approximately, or maybe a little bit longer than that, will be one of the highest yep. printed books th that are out there. Yeah. So he is. 
they they are expecting a big demand. Well, obviously they got a demand because they printed it two more times to yep. try to fill that demand. Um, I would think that that third printing was probably more than what they thought, but they were like, yeah. "Look, we can't just keep going back. Right. We're going to have to, you know, print more than what we need." Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, approximately nine hundred thousand issues of this originally, and I, I don't know. I just now thinking I, I should have looked it up. I don't know how many copies there are known now. Yeah. Uh, nowhere near that, I would suspect. Right. I, I find it very interesting uh, for folks who don't know. You know, you, you think about the speculator boom in the 90s and how... Uh, Do we have to think about it? Well, you don't have to, but okay. it, I, I often think <sighs> about it when... Be, because I was I was collecting right smack dab in the middle of that, and you, you were the, the reason for the boom, right? Is that what you're saying? Okay, <laughs> That's, yeah. it's me yep. specifically. I'm so, I'm the guy. So was I. I bought my five copies of X Men One and yep. five copies oh, of yeah. X Force One, and I, I was there. I distinctly remember the day that it hit me that none of these issues I've been buying multiple multiple copies of are going to be worth anything. <laughs> I was at a convention. And in Chicago, and uh, there were just, I swear, every table where retailers were selling books were selling bricks of, like, you could get a brick of Spawn number one, for example. Okay. 20 ish, 20 different, 20 copies of Spawn number one, not 20 variants. It was all the same issue, and you could buy them in bricks. And I would look at these tables and see, here's like 500 copies of issue number one of Spawn just on this one retailer table. How could this be worth money in the future if there are so many copies available? And that's mm -hmm. why issues like Action Comics number one are so valuable because there are so few, few copies in existence. Right. And I watched a documentary about comics that talked about how during the war, you know, one of the big things was to... uh bring in your paper for paper. the war effort. And right, so yeah. most, most, you know, first of all, back then people who bought comics were not like this sucker is going to be worth money one day. So I'm going to put it in a Mylar bag with a board no, behind it. They no. just, they read it and then just they, wherever it landed, that's where it landed. They rolled yeah. it up and stuck it yeah, in their exactly. back pocket. They folded it. And put, yep. Yeah. Yep. Or it would just go in the trash at the yeah. end of the month when they were done and, or it would go to toward the war effort. And uh, so there were so many comics that were just pulled back then and that's that's why that stuff is worth money which makes it that much more amazing that, that some of them survive somebody has a yep. copy of superman one in a in an yep. eight point whatever which is right. a, a very nice great you know it's like it, man it's, what did whoever have to do to keep yep. that book like it's like that. even then yeah. even even then there were a small number of people right that had that comic book and went this is and I don't think they were holding on to it for purposes of, of thinking it would be valuable. I just think people just loved it so much. Well, that's that the they way wanted they to, were. Yeah. They, they wanted, personally, they right. wanted to keep it. They nice. wanted to hold on yeah. to it and maybe, you know, here's yeah. something I loved and maybe one day I'll, I'll pass it on to my kids yeah. and, you know, and not knowing that one day Nicolas Cage would own a copy <laughs> yeah, that, that and then get it stolen. That you had as a child is now a, a one point whatever million uh, investment. And yeah. So back to the back to the origin. All right. So they so they retell the origin of Superman in this in this issue. We got the origin in Action Comics number one, but we got a one page origin in Action Comics number one, and we're getting two full pages mm. in Superman number one. And one of the things they introduce in this origin 
are the Kents. And if I remember correctly, the original origin was he crashes to Earth. Uh, somebody, I don't think they were called the Kents in that action comic. I comics don't believe they one. had a name. Yeah, somebody finds Superman and takes him to an orphanage. And that happens here in this retelling as well. But we're told it's the Kents. And then the Kents come back to the orphanage and say, we, you know, we, we gotta, we gotta adopt this kid because we, we just, we just love him so much. And, uh, they're, they, they refer to him in the origin here though as foster parents. Right. Um, and they die before the origin is over. Before he becomes Superman, the, the Kents die. They don't tell us how. We just know that at one point, Mr. Kent, because they don't give him, we don't get first names in this, in this story either. But at one point, as he's a boy, Mr. Kent tells Clark that uh, ultimately it's almost like the the Spider-Man with great power comes great responsibility. You know, you got you got these superpowers, but he tells him you got to got to keep them hidden. Don't let people know. Can't people let people know that you got these superpowers. And then for some some reason, they die of old age, we're going to assume. And that's when he goes out to to be Superman. I think those are the only changes I came across between the two. I didn't really have time to. They even, named the planet in this Krypton. Do they? they okay. They, they didn't name it in the first one, All I right. don't believe. Interesting. So once once we get to that point where the Kents die, Superman or Clark Kent uh, tries to get a job at the Daily Star, which uh, will eventually become the Daily Planet. He's turned down because he doesn't have any experience. He wants to, we do learn here that, that, that he wants to get a job at this newspaper, though, because he will get the crime reports. And through those crime reports, he'll be able to go out and fight crime, you know, do, do the good do the good deed. And it's here, of course, that he learns about a riot at the county jail. And, and I'm going to just going to read a little paragraph from DCFandom.com. Hearing about a riot at the county jail, he heads over there to try to prove his worth after dispatching the mob that is trying to kill a prisoner. Not, and I'll just not just kill him. They were going to lynch that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the prisoner gives him some information. It seems that B. Carroll, singer at the, at the Hillow nightclub, Killed Jack Kennedy, not not the Jack Kennedy that this is. She was not the second gunman on the grassy knoll. We're not talking about John F. Kennedy here, folks. This is just somebody. No, this named, is his brother, this, Jack. Yeah, this is just somebody I, named Jack Kennedy. This is I believe he drove a car off a bridge at Chappaquiddick. Yeah, maybe uh, Jack Kennedy. I think maybe. Uh, so, so yeah, B. Carroll killed Jack Kennedy and framed Evelyn Curry for the murder. So Clark tells the Daily Star editor George Taylor. That he knows about the riot, and so Taylor, or what he knows about the riot, and t- Taylor hires him on the spot. So then, oh, as soon as yeah, can go I ahead, take you back a jump second? in there. Yeah, what was the name of that club? Look at the name of that club. Hilo. Hilo. Ah, yeah. Okay, I, I didn't think I you had it. noticed okay. that the way you were pronouncing it. I'm yeah, like, no. hey, Stephen didn't see that. Yeah, I, no. I would imagine that's the high-low nightclub. Yeah, <laughs> so. good catch there. Yeah, I don't, I don't pick up on that stuff very well. Yeah. It's like uh, we just recently did a rewatch of How I Met Your Mother. I don't know if you've ever watched it. Mm-hmm. But there's an episode where they talk about everybody has a, a blind spot in their their knowledge, basically. And we learn that the main character, Ted, at one point, um, the word chameleon, he had never in his life, he'd, he'd made it to his mid-20s, almost to his 30s, and had never heard the word spoken aloud. He'd only seen it in print. He'd only oh, read the wow. word. Okay. So until that point, he had just assumed it was pronounced Chameleon. Oh, okay. 
And he's, yep. he's, he's teaching a class about architecture and he, he used the word, he's a true chameleon. And his students are like, I'm sorry, what, what, don't you mean chameleon? I believe the word is chameleon. So yeah, that's, yeah, I, that's I, me. That's me. I, I went to college with a, a buddy of mine that was just a voracious reader. Mm-hmm. He didn't listen to anything. He, yeah. he, he, all he did was read. So he had his own personal book of pronunciations that were different because yeah. he saw the letters and he pronounced it and he moved on, you know, and it's like I, I so often we we had a lot of uh, classes together and they were um, geography. So they were like sciency or computer based full of term and yeah. hearing him say these things out <laughs> loud. I'd be like, what was that? Yeah, that's it's funny. this word. Oh, OK. That's, yeah, that's funny. So, all right. So back to this story. So Superman goes to confront this singer, B. Carroll, at the nightclub. And there's this this really kind of funny moment. It was just kind of weird because at one point, you know, he she goes back to her dressing room and he's just in there. And, of course, she's really upset. You know, this guy is in her dressing room and he's he's, he's dressed funny and she calls him a nut. But then, like the very next panel, she tells him that uh, he he's she's attracted to him. No, what, uh, no, what what did she say? She said that he attracts her. He attracts her. He attracts her, which I'm assuming means she's attracted to him. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, is what she it was said. a weird yeah, way of that, saying. I was it. like, yeah. what is that? She, is that like oh, a magnet? I don't, yeah, I, I don't, <laughs> is that good? Or are but, you? What, what, yeah. But then she pulls a gun on him, so she's kind of a flip flopper. You're a nut. You attract me. I'm going to pull a gun on you. He, of course, grabs the gun. Um, they don't actually show him tying her up, but it looks like he ties her up and then he leaps out the window with her. Now, I found this story very interesting because if you're just reading it in the collection that we're reading, it goes from this story to one of the reprints. And it's kind of a weird transition. Um, but if you're reading the actual issue, because then I then I went to the to my DC app and I looked at the issue because by the time I finished the issue in the collection, I'm like, wait a minute, that wasn't 64 pages, you know, not thinking why wouldn't they reprint the stories they've already reprinted earlier <laughs> in the collection. So I go to the app and I'm like, oh, it just it, it didn't dawn on me until I looked at the issue in the app. This is the story that leads into how Action Comics number one opens up. Right. Which yeah. when if if y'all remember when we talked about that first issue, how confused I was. <laughs> it was very that the issue. Op- it yeah, just- <laughs> it just opens up and he's got a woman who's tied up and he stuffs her behind a tree and goes to confront, you know, tell the governor that he's he's got the person that actually killed the, you know. Right. Yeah. Save the woman that's on death row, supposed yeah. to be electrocuted. And it's like, what? So this is the story that leads into that. So I'm really interested to know if. Was this something they had written before action? You know, had they always had this story or were other people confused by how abruptly that story opened up and they thought it would be fun to, to fill in the blanks? What did, what, what, what did, what did you think? Um, I was kind of of the feeling that they, they must've had it. Yeah. Now yeah. why it wasn't included, you know, why it would have been cut from that first um, installment in, in action one. I, I, I can't imagine. I mean, it's too long. We need to trim it. Well, then trim it from the end in, not from the beginning in, because that, you know, so. Yeah. I, oh, uh, now, I could see that, um, Jerry, e- everybody read your story and nobody, get, it's very confusing. Can you flesh out the beginning of this so that it, 
Yeah, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll do that for the, for the Superman way. one that we got coming up, and I'll, I'll put it in there as the as the new part. You said we need some new stuff. Yeah, okay. I, I've got I've got your new stuff. I've I've got it mm-hmm. worked out. I don't know because now the you know like I said uh, last episode the news strip was running now yeah. since the beginning of the year. Um, I haven't read those. I, I, I want to. So if yeah. I can acquire the first volume of the dailies i'll uh read those and see so i don't know if it even you know maybe our answer is there because maybe they started the daily strip where they wanted to start the daily strip and just so but i I don't i don't know yet and whenever this if i haven't read whenever this episode goes out i'm sure somebody um the uh, the the radio podcast or john or but, any number um, of other much more versed in Superman have that answer, and you know, hopefully they'll just clue us in there on uh, Twitter when we post. And what, what did what did you think of the issue? Did did you uh, did you read like the text piece? Uh, yes, I did too. I did. Um, that very that did not put me in mind of anything really having to do with comic book or a comic book script or anything like that it yeah. it really felt like it was a true prose piece and you know w- why necessarily there would be that i, I don't yeah. i don't 100 percent know unless it was specifically for this this opportunity um but um um yeah i i read that i read the um um i went back and read that first story realizing yeah. that it was a a lead in and i'm like well now why didn't you guys put these you know, it's only four pages. It's, so, but I, I did not. I, I looked up to see what other stories were in this, and it was like the first like four or five installments. I mean, yeah, they were, yeah, it was quite a few of them. I was yeah, quite surprised. So, um, I didn't necessarily go back and read those because we've recently read those. Yeah, uh, but I, I, to me, it was interesting that the very first thing they did was much more a rehash of what they have done. Than something new to continue to keep people interested. Yeah, it's it's. I would assume by this point, of course, anybody who has been hearing about Superman or has been noticing the comics, the action comics, and have been picking him up, they you know going to get previous issues probably isn't as easy as it is nowadays. And so they thought, all right, well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do this. And you had mentioned, um, I don't know if we had started recording yet, but you had mentioned that they don't actually number this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it just came out. It said Superman. Yeah. So I, you know, what is, what does that mean? Does, does that mean that they had, you know, let's just put out this, this fun, uh, issue for people who, uh, are new to Superman who haven't been reading the last 13 or so issues of action comics and, Let's let's well, see. Let's see what happens here. And we'll just, you know, let's let's get it out quickly. We, we, we got time to maybe put a couple of new things in there, but let's just put the first four or five stories in there. The we'll second issue there. is labeled as being fall 1939. Yeah. Um, I don't know that anybody, I guess, has really been able to determine a month. So if it came out in the fall, uh, that's before the end of the year. Yeah. You would have to say that they had it planned when the yeah. first issue came out that That's there true. was going to be a second issue. So um, yeah. I, I would take that to mean that they had already in their mind that they were going to do a a full on Superman book. Now, yeah, w- where uh, I mean, I guess depending on how fast action came out, and action looks to be truly coming out every month 
or, yep. or pretty darn close, like maybe 11 times a year. If if Superman is going to be once a quarter, that will give you enough lead time to reprint the stories that you've already had out. Yeah. But truly, eventually you will catch up and, and within just a matter of a couple of years at that pace, you'll catch up and yeah. have to, you know, if we're going to keep this Superman book going, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to have to have new stuff. So yep. we'll have new stuff for it and we're going to keep him in action, you know, and also um, I read somewhere when I was researching Superman one, um, Siegel and Schuster were doing either three or four other strips in action as well as Superman. I think maybe yeah. three. So, you know, in essence, they were writing probably two books worth of material for action. And now they've got Superman on their plate, which, I mean, if it stays at 64 pages, come on, that's, uh, well, you know. And, and, and I have to wonder, just based on the fact that the cover says all in full color, mm -hmm. um, you know, you had said that the strip was coming out by this point. So, okay. um I'm assuming this was just a way it's like, all right, so people are reading. We probably got a, a lot more people reading the strip in the newspaper. Let's try to pull them into the comics. Okay. And so here's here, you know, here you go, folks. Here's the complete story of the daring exploits of the one and only Superman all in full color. So in color. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's, I mean that I just, I was just looking at that just now and I thought, you know, that's kind of a weird thing to put on there since all the action comics were in color. And then the, the newspaper well, trying strip to, being hit. Trying to get the newspaper readers to read yeah. the comic books. The newspaper yeah. strip continues going for yeah. what, 20 years or 25, 30 years, something like that. I mean, it goes for a really long time, I think, considering that there is right now, but there's going to be multiple books with the same character and the newspaper strip also. Yeah. So, you know, did, did, what was there any crossover or did the people mainly read one or the other or you know and was you know were the dc comics were they uh making you know how much money were they making off of the new strips and so were the right, new yeah, strips I, getting you know did they realize hold, hold on a second we're we're selling this many issues of action comics but these strips are going out in newspapers all across the country and so many other people are, are seeing superman in these newspaper strips that maybe don't know that he's in action comics because okay. most of the covers, while they might feature a little blurb about Superman, most of the covers don't feature Superman right. Not yet. on the cover. So they may be going, let's try to pull some of these newspaper readers into the comics because they're both, they're on the same stand. Yeah. So if they're, if they're getting the newspaper every day and then suddenly they look over and go, well, wait a minute, you know, here's this suit. Here's it says Superman on the front of it, you know? And so, and I did see that there's a there's a book that somebody has written um, about the the complete story of Superman. So maybe those are the kinds of things that they talk about there. The, the influences of the different media and how, you know, yeah. one might have affected the other and, and things like that. But, uh, yeah, I also read the text piece. I thought it was kind of fun. Mm -hmm. um, it, like the first issue of Action Comics, just kind of starts right in the middle of the action. I don't remember much about the story except for the fact that the the cops show up to find this guy beaten up who says that Superman did it and that somebody sees Superman running into an elevator and so they the 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 the, 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 the detective guy he's like go and push the button on the elevator which will I guess make the elevator stop at each floor or something so they can all go down to the lobby and be ready for Superman when the doors open and then of course 
Clark Kent comes out. And the way they describe him in the prose, it's like Clark Kent's this feeble, skinny, timid guy. It's like if you've never read the comics and have only read Superman in prose, you could very easily. Oh, I can understand why nobody knows that Clark Kent is Superman because they don't look at it. There's, you know, it's it's almost like they're two different people. Uh, and then Superman and then Clark talks. Well, what was it? He was going to write an article about this blunder that the policeman made. Right. Yeah. And because uh, oh, then that gets him into uh, interview a, a, a criminal who escapes for a moment. It was really kind of weird. It was. It was. It was a lot. Yeah, it was. All, yeah, it was. A, it was a lot to read in, in, in those those what two pages of prose. Yeah. And it was just like the, the 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 stories in action comics, man. The stuff just kept bam, 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 bam. Just, you know, it's they they packed a lot. It was basically like an action comic story. Just uh, uh, more a lot of a, a lot more words. Mm-hmm. You know, it was very, very descriptive. Yeah. And then they had the, the page that introduced everybody to Siegel and Schuster. Had their photographs. Yeah. And uh, in, in, talked about the, the, the other stories that they're doing in action comics. Well, like Snap. Yeah, maybe. Snap Bradley. Um, uh, Slam. Slam. Slam Bradley. Slam Bradley. Um, yeah, maybe that's where I saw it in the little bio on that page that they were doing like three other strips in action, which I didn't know necessarily that they did that much, but I'm not I'm not too much a historian of the of the early DC stuff like this. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm much more experienced with the Marvel, which is not at this point Marvel from Fantastic Four. So, see the Joel, Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster are also the creators of Slam Bradley and Spy, which appear in Detective Comics, Radio Squad, which appears in More Fun Comics, oh, okay. and Federal Men, which appears monthly in Adventure. Comics. So it's not even action comics; these are in yeah. they're holding down strips in all they're of the all other over books. the place. Yeah, okay. And then we also get that uh, from, you know, from Action Comics number one, the scientific explanation of Superman's powers. This right. is here in, as well. And again, I don't know if 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 that stuff had been redrawn. The or the um, it looks a lot better than it mm-hmm. looked in, in Action Comics. Yeah. I'll tell you that. But uh, yeah, it was kind of fun. It, it was kind of a fun um, issue there. I don't know that I have really anything else to say about. No, I don't. I don't either. It was. Uh, I mean, it's only six pages, really. You know, of new stuff, yeah. and then a yeah. couple uh, almost anecdotal or just you know different kind of stuff in the text and the meet the creators. And but yeah. um, I could see at the time it probably would have been pretty cool to get a sixty-four page book all of yeah. Superman if if you like yeah. Superman. So yeah, yeah. And for new readers, um, oh man, yeah, because folks weren't. You know, they didn't have comic book stores. They weren't digging through back issue bins. They didn't pick up like Action Comics number 10 and go, I got to read more about this Superman guy and go hunt down the other issues. And now they, they, uh, you know, yeah, there's this big, thick comic book right there on the newsstand with uh, Superman right on the cover. And it's that iconic cover, you know, Action Comics number one and Superman number one, both iconic covers that have been homaged over and over and over. Um, in fact, if you're reading Tom Taylor's Superman, Son of Kal-El, there, that first issue is a, is an homage to, to Superman number one. The image on the back uh, cover is homaged uh, quite a bit as well. It's the one of him breaking the chain across his chest. Yes. Uh, it has been done and done and done. So yeah. now that was created new for this issue. Uh, wasn't the cover cobbled together from a couple different things? 
Like, wasn't that an image from something else as well? We did. We did see that image in one of the in one the, of the the first action comic stories. Yeah, yeah, the first story. I think it might have been the splash or, or something he's like, like that. He's yeah. like leaping from a building or something. Yeah, he's not flying. Yeah, you pointed. Yeah, you pointed. <laughs> yeah, you you pointed that out in one of the previous issues. Do you recognize this? It's like, yeah, that's Superman number one. Yeah. So. And, uh, yeah, and you know, I just I have to say, um, I don't know. Um, I, I enjoyed the art quite a bit in the new stuff. Yes. I thought it looked, yes, it, it's a bit cleaner. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it, the, the colors are a bit, you know, it's, I, I don't know. I just, all in was, all. It was just Schuster. Yeah. He, he didn't have a ghost. Yeah. Um, they did finally name a colorist as the Strauss engraving company. So oh, nice. we okay. haven't, uh, we haven't heard colors from the previous books. I guess they haven't been able to track it down, but. Um, yeah. Somewhere along the way, they were able, they being the, the people who keep up with this sort of information, uh, have it listed as the um, Strauss Engraving Company. Not, not to be confused with Levi Strauss. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a cousin who, who does the blue yeah. jeans with the, the rivets in, in the crotch and all that at this point. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. All in all, um, again, I can't speak to the, to the stories that they reprinted because I – I don't. I don't have the app in front of me. I'm just looking at the the collection that we're reading, so I can't look at those. But um, I thought it it, it looked um, it looked really nice. It it just it seemed like um, it was uh, a far the, the new stuff seemed uh, much improved over the look of a lot of the stuff that that uh, I had been reading so far in this collection. All right. It almost looked like it could have been done by uh, somebody today. You know, aping. The golden age style. And it might just be because of the way it was recolored for the collection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Anything else to say about this? No, sir. I issue. have said it all. All right. Well, I want to thank everybody for listening to this episode of the Superman Super Show. If you want to drop us a line, ask us a question, or just provide feedback in general, you can send an email to the Superman Super Show at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us over on Twitter at at soups super show that's s-u-p-s super show or come join the fun over at the forum at forum.justanotherfanboy.com all of the links will be in the show notes so hopefully you weren't pausing the show to to start rifling through a drawer for a pencil and some paper because it'll be right there in the show notes um you know for your convenience and so until next week folks i'm steven that's ed and this was the superman super show bye Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics Magazine. Hello and welcome to an all-new episode. Er, episode. Episode. I, my mind does that so often because my I'm I'm looking ahead and I see the word Superman or Super Show and er, so it turns yeah, into episode. Er, so, yep. If you want to drop us a line, ask a question, flippity flip. Trip over my own tongue sometimes.